Coming up on this week's Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Just one game tonight in the Eastern Conference, Ottawa and Detroit. So everyone else is at the All-Star break. Who's in that should be out by the end of the season? And vice versa, who's going to jump in and take their spot? All that plus the Athletic put out a pair of articles we have to get into. One is a player survey. The other, the prospect pool rankings. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday, January 31st edition of Locked On NHL. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me five days a week over at Locked On Ottawa Senators. Today, I'm joined by Gil Martin, the host of Locked On New York Islanders. A reminder, we are free and available on all podcast platforms. You can also catch us on YouTube where we have local experts on the biggest stories five days a week. That's the beauty of the Locked On Podcast Network. And shout out to the everydayers out there who get their information from diehard fans who are dialed in as well. Gil, it's the all-star break. Are you a guy who watches the skills competition and gets into the mix? I'm excited for the draft. That's always going to be fun. It is fun. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it, though, because on the one hand, it's a cool event. You like to see who's getting picked, and there's a lot of personalities involved if they do it the right way. But on the other hand, it's weird in the All-Star weekend to have, like, players from my team be on different sides and not being sure who to root for. Oh, wow. Nice brag. You have more than one player at the All-Star no. game? No, okay, good. Me neither. <laughs> Absolutely we just got, not. We just got the one. But uh, so the captains for the All-Star game, and, and I do love how they are going to do four different teams, right? It's three on three. The last time I remember them doing the NHL draft for the All-Star game, I was actually at one of them before in 2012 in Ottawa. They had it at the casino. Very raucous environment. The actual, the full broadcast is on YouTube. Hilarious atmosphere in there because they had a Leaf on one side and Alfredson on the other picking the teams, but that was only two teams. So now with four, it'll be even more curious. The The captains, it's Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley, so the hometown team. Then you've got Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. So they, they've teamed up the, the players based on their teams, except with brothers, Jack and Quinn Hughes, although Jack is unable to participate due to injury, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, the other one. Now my question for you, Gil, is if you had any all-star to choose from outside of those, because I think McDavid and McKinnon would be your top two picks. They're captains. So outside of the captains, who would be your first overall pick of any ooh. player in the National Hockey League? Ooh, ooh, ooh. That, that is a, a good one. And uh, as, I, as, as I give you time to think, I will say this. They did this exercise on Sportsnet up here in Canada, and right. the first pick for Anson Carter was Matthew Barzell. Huh. Wow. He said that because it's three on three, you want the best skaters, the best edges, and he picked Matthew Barzell. Now, the rest of the panel kind of gave him a bit of a look because, well, there's some pretty good players out there. Um, mine mine would be Sidney Crosby. I just want, if I'm an all-star captain, 
I want Sidney Crosby on my team, right? A lot of these guys grew up idolizing him. So my pick, Gil, would be Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby is a darn good pick. Ah, gosh. You know, I would eat. I, I, I'm going to go with pasta. I go with Pasternak. Yep. I like that, man. I just got to see him last week. They played Ottawa. They had a power play against Ottawa. They literally won the faceoff. D to D, Pasternak just shoots and it's in the net. Like he yeah. is so automatic. It's, it's unbelievable. That's a great pick. Let us know in the comments who would be your first pick out of all the NHL All-Stars. But Gil, your team's been making waves in the news cycle. Patrick Waugh, I, I was very jealous, I must say. And even the Senator's owner went on French radio a couple days later and said he has a bit of regret that he let Patrick Waugh slip away. He said it just wasn't the right time. They want Jacques Martin to come in here and create a, a culture that the next coach can pick up on in the offseason. But obviously, Lou Lamorello, he wasn't waiting for anything. He got his guy. How's these first few games of the Patrick Watt era gone in New York? A little uneven. I mean, they're 1-2-1 one, and one so far. Uh, and look, obviously, it's going to take time to unlearn some of the bad habits that were creeping in under the old regime. You could see what Watt is trying to do, but it's going to take a little time. Uh, Got to cut down on the bad penalties and the turnovers in your own zone and just outside your own zone. Those two things have really hurt the Islanders throughout the year. And sort of just the, the, the way they retreat a little too much when the opposition skates the puck into the offensive zone. So once those things become second nature and they get used to what Waz trying to get them to do, I think we'll see a lot more improvement. But as of right now, it's still a little bit of a struggle to try to unlearn some of those bad habits. Yeah, Senator's kind of in a similar situation where the bad habits creep in in the heat of how fast the NHL game is. And it's it's tough to unlearn, man. And uh, I think both of our teams are struggling with bad power plays as well. And when you're struggling with structure at five on five, you need your special teams to come through. And at least I can say with, with full confidence with Ottawa, it just hasn't been the case. Despite the Senators having points in six of their last seven games, they're t- they're at the bottom of the standings because Columbus got a win last night. Now, uh, uh, locked on Senators, we've been holding on to games in hand for quite a while. They still have a few. They're spending one tonight against a rival. It should be a fun game. You can tune in. Locked on Senators postcast following the game. But the Detroit Red Wings and Ottawa Senators obviously have a history from earlier on this season where there was that scary incident involving Dylan Larkin and then Red Wings fans have just been out for blood. So uh, we'll see if they get any of that tonight in that game. But with everyone else already, you know, no more bets, pens up at the All-Star break. Is there a team that you're surprised is sitting in a playoff spot? Now, no matter what happens, there could be change within, you know, Detroit wins tonight. They're in third in the Atlantic. But the, the eight teams that are in the playoffs right now will be the same tomorrow, no matter what. I still have to go with Philadelphia as the biggest surprise. And, uh, you know, they've got the eighth and final spot, even though they have a minus one goal differential. And the amazing thing about the Flyers, they're so good on the road and they're below 500 at home. Whoa. That's never what you want to. The old saying is if if you're going to suck, suck on the road, right? You want your, your paying fans to get the best product. I, I like that choice. I, I got to see Philadelphia, obviously, up close. Ottawa uh, erased a 2 nothing deficit and beat them just last week. And 
uh, to add salt in the wound. It was Claude Giroux in the third period that uh, that tied the game up. Obviously beloved in Philadelphia, despite maybe how it ended. A longtime captain there, but for me, I'm I'm looking at the team that Ottawa's playing tonight. I know what Red Wings fans have been throwing eggs on my face for my offseason takes. I did not think they were a playoff team. Look. Alex Lyon has played phenomenal hockey. He's top five in the league in save percentage. He's been unreal. They've been getting good production from different players on their team, but they've also struggled with some consistency this year. They've had multiple 10-game stretches where they've won eight games, but they've also had a couple 10-game stretches where they have two or three wins. So I'm worried that down the stretch, when everything else gets tighter, that's something that's going to be challenging for them to be able to be consistent through 82 games. No matter what, though, they've got a very bright future, and this learning s- sequence for them this year I think is only going to benefit them going forward. Now, they've had a red-hot December in particular. Their month of December, they're 9-2-1 right now. So they're a team that's on the rise right now, so maybe it's a bit of a hot take for me saying that. I just don't look at any other team there. Like For me, the top three in the Atlantic, Boston, Florida, and Tampa, like that's going to be the order they're in as well. Like I'm pretty confident in saying that at the very least, those are the three teams for me that are going to make the playoffs as the divisional teams in the Atlantic. And who doesn't want another Florida Tampa series, the hatred from a couple of years ago, I could use some of that in my life. So that's what I'm hopeful for in the Atlantic, in the Metro, like you already picked Philly. So I I can't be picking Philly. And for me, the only other answer really is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they just have too much talent on paper to miss. That's I just I can't see a world where they miss the playoffs. Now, I've got a stat for you about Toronto that might blow your mind. So the Ottawa Senators have 15 regulation wins this year, right? They're, they're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. The Toronto Maple Leafs have one more regulation win wow. than the Ottawa Senators. They are making their mark in three-on-three overtime where all their skill players can have as much time and space as possible. They've got nine wins past regulation this season, which is pretty unbelievable when you think of it. This could be a bit of a you know reset year. They've got the new manager in, in Brad Tree Living. He's going to try to set things up how he wants. They got the big extension done with William Nylander. But look, if Ilya Samsonov can at least give them adequate goaltending, they have to be the team that makes the playoffs as a team that hasn't missed since 2015. So just based on that history and, you know, the top end skill in Toronto, I'd rather bet on them than in Detroit right now. I'm going to go with the Detroit Red Wings as my team to miss. That's currently in at the all-star break. Wow. Coming up next. If a team comes out, somebody else has to jump in. So who is that going to be? We'll discuss plus a pair of great articles from The Athletic that we will get into in the final segment of today's show. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators. That's Gil Martin from Locked On New York Islanders. And we've got more Locked On NHL next right here. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my loved ones or kids got sick and a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. 
The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses like UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, and others. And this stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your first order. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And FanDuel, they have so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or even three. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to Locked On NHL for Wednesday, January 31st. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me five days a week over at Locked On Ottawa Senators alongside Gil Martin from Locked On New York Islanders. We are your team every day. We have local experts on the biggest stories. One of my favorite things to do is when my team or your team is playing against an opponent, go check out that team's Locked On NHL podcast and get the lowdown of what's happening on the ground. So we just had a discussion about which teams that are currently in a playoff spot in the Eastern Conference are most likely to be on the outside looking in come the middle of April playoff time. Gil says Philly. I say Detroit. But on the flip side, somebody is going to have to jump up and snag one of those playoff spots. The standings, there's a five-point gap heading into Wednesday's action. So Detroit could make that an eight-point gap because if they get any points, Toronto is at 58 points, and then the Islanders are at 52. We've got a three-way tie at 51 between Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Washington, and then 10 points back are the Buffalo Sabres and Montreal Canadiens. Gil, who's it going to be? Are you going with the Isles, or is it going to be someone else that jumps up and takes that final playoff spot that's vacated by the Philadelphia Flyers? Yeah, I, I think I have to go with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, if they can get their goaltending situation straightened out and maybe just get a little healthier, I think they have the talent to take that last spot. This is a team, I think, that a year ago they were ahead of schedule. Not too many people expected them to make the playoffs and go on a playoff run. But uh, if they can just get Jack Hughes back healthy, if they can just get uh, – a good goaltender at the trade deadline, I think they can be very dangerous down the stretch. How about you? I'm going to go with your Islanders. I know that's a hot take. They've really struggled this year. They have, though, banked all these loser points, right? 12 loser points so far this year. They have less regulation wins than the Ottawa Senators. It's unbelievable how many loser points this team has. But look, 
They've banked those despite being in disarray, despite getting a historically low save percentage from Ilya Sorokin, 909. His previous low was in his rookie year at 918. So I just, I I have to believe that he's going to regress to the mean and have a better second half than he did in the first. We know that you only get as far in this league as your goaltending and special teams. So if they can figure out a way to get their power play clicking a little bit more consistently and get an odd save here or there, I think that they could be a team that jumps up in the mix, right? You look at what they've done, so or you look at the players that they have on their roster. They have so much playoff experience. A lot of those guys were in the Eastern Conference Finals, those back-to-back years. I know it hasn't gotten off to a heroic start under Patrick Waugh, but I look at the way that his Quebec Remparts team played. It was so detailed and so structured, and that's not something that you can come in and teach in five minutes. I think that this bye week, now that Patrick Waugh had a four-game sample size of seeing the players that he has, I think this is going to be a big time for him to go to the drawing board, go with his assistant coaches, and figure out what the best method is to get these guys playing in their best way. A player I'm going to be watching for the Islanders as well is Jean-Gabriel Pajot, because he's a guy who's always a structured player, always a guy who's in the right spot on the ice, but he is he's struggled this year, only six goals in 49 games. And I know he's not paid to score necessarily, despite having 18 two years ago, but he's going to be a player that I'm watching for in the second half to be an example that Patrick Walken use of playing the right way. So I'm, I'm excited to see the Islanders. And, and like I said, you can see those loser points for better or worse. They've got those points banked, but were they missed opportunities? Sure, a bit of both, but they're the closest team. And that also weighs into my decision a bit. I know Pittsburgh has games in hand. They've got the goal differential that would lead you to believe that things could be better. But I also see them as having their median age is like 32, 33. So those typically are the teams that fall off in the second half when you need those fresh legs to go. Now, I'm never going to be the guy who says Sidney Crosby's going to regress. He's He's got one of the best 37-year-old seasons in NHL history rolling right now. An absolute legend of the game. Heck, I just said he'd be my first pick in the All-Star game. Right. But to me, I mean, goaltending and, and defense aren't aren't playoff caliber for me. And they've just been a frustrating team um, is what our, our host, the Locked On Penguins, Hunter Hodes, has been saying. So yeah. I'm going to go with the New York Islanders, Gil. You think I'm out to lunch? I don't think you're out to lunch. I think, you know, the key is getting Patrick Waugh's system ingrained in those players and getting them to perform. It, it's not outside the realm of possibility, and it's going to be very interesting also to see what Lou Lamorello does at the trade deadline and how they play between now and then is going to make a big difference in that respect. Well, let us know in the comments who's in and who's out from the teams who are sitting in their spots right now at the NHL All-Star break. Coming up, which NHL player is the most overrated and underrated according to the players? An athletic prospect or prospect pool rankings are also out, so we'll get into all that and more next. This is Locked On NHL, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by a new sponsor, Factor. Get started on your New Year's resolutions with Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Gil, I don't know about you, but in my household, one of the worst moments is when I get that text from my wife at 4.30, what's for dinner, and I don't have an answer. 
Forget the frantic prep. Factor's two-minute meals are your secret weapon. Factor offers loads of snack options as well, so you're not just stuck on breakfast, lunch, dinner. They've got smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on your schedule. Skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheap, cheaper than takeout, and you can get chef-crafted, restaurant-quality meals delivered directly to your door. If you have a special occasion, Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for a fast, upscale option done easily. Stress less over mealtimes in the new year. And not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions, they also help you stay on top of your goals. Protein Plus and Keto allows you to stay on track. This is going to come in handy. So Factor has everything that you need for a week of flavorful and nutritious eats. So head to factormeals.com slash locked on NHL 50 and use code locked on NHL 50 to get 50% off. What a deal. That's code locked on NHL 50 at factormeals.com slash locked on NHL 50. And you'll get 50% off your order. <clears throat> All right, welcome back. Final segment, Locked On NHL Eastern Conference Edition. A reminder that you can follow all our great Locked On NHL shows wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Here at Locked On NHL, we have different themes every single day of the week. Tomorrow, we're going to hand it over to the fellas who've got your power rankings. Those are always a blast. We have our votes for the entire network, and they break down who's too high, who's too low, and they get into all that. Then Gil will have your Friday show with Locked On Flyers host Rachel Donner. And then Mondays, Gil's going and checking around with all the teams. So it's a great mm-hmm. subscription to have because you're getting different voices every single day. Here on Wednesdays, we got the Eastern Conference on lock. And now we're going to expand our horizons a little bit, Gil, because the Athletic always releases around the All-Star break one of the best Best pieces they do. Honestly, it's worth the price of subscription for the athletic just for this player poll because it's all anonymous. So players can really be honest about who the best player in the league is, who's the most overrated, the best goalie, the worst road city. Man, my hometowns are getting an absolute beatdown in that category. But the question I want to start with is how unanimous do you think it is that Connor McDavid? is the best player in the National Hockey League. Uh, it, it's pretty impressive, the numbers that uh, came back in this poll. I have to say that. 69.06%. Do you think it should have been higher than that? <laughs> you know, uh, I, if I had a vote, that's where I'm going. No question about that. But y- you got to allow for differences of opinion. So. A little higher, but not shocking that, I mean, just the fact that the next highest player had just over 16% speaks volumes. I don't know if this is a hot take machine coming out of me. <clears throat> I've been a huge Nathan McKinnon fan since his days with the Halifax Mooseheads. I think it's pretty close. Mm. Look, there's a stat here, and we'll save most of this for Locked On Avalanche in the Western Conference show with McDavid and, and McKinnon being both out West, but McKinnon has a point in every single home game this year. All 25 home games. He's got 53 points in 25 home games. It's an absolute joke. He plays with power. He's got the Stanley Cup. I'm just saying it's a little bit closer. So McDavid's got 69%. McKinnon has 16. And Nikita Kucherov has 7 
0.18. Those are the only players with more than 1.7% of the vote. So that I found pretty interesting as well. The best goalie in the league, not as unanimous, but Andre Vasilevsky has 44%. Connor Hellebuck with 15% is in second. And then it's a tie for third between your guy, Ilya Sorokin, and Thatcher Demko. So pretty interesting. There's a lot closer of a name. And I actually found it interesting that only six goalies are above the other. So there's a lot of variety in this uh, in this category as well. Now, some people aren't taking this seriously because as good of a season as Connor Ingram is having, he's not the best goalie in the National Hockey League. And one player in the league voted for him. It's got to be the same person that voted Trevor Carrick as the most overrated player. I had to Google him. He's playing in the AHL. I don't think he's overrated. He plays in the AHL. Just saying. Um, when it comes to most underrated player in the league, 22% say other. So there's no unanimous call. And then it's still Alexander Barkov. It's been, yeah. it's been yeah. for a decade. He's been the most underrated player in the league. Now, overrated is Trevor Zegras at 12.9%. Gil, do you think he's getting a bit of a bad rap just because he is a kind of a highlight real machine? He's still 22 years old. It's it's pretty impressive to be a two-time 60-point getter that young. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I would take Trevor Zegras on my team in a heartbeat. And I, I think the, the fact that he is so good at those highlight real goals and doing uh, the lacrosse style or the Michigan goal – I think that rubs some people the wrong way, and that's why he ends up at the top of this list. Yeah, very fair point there. And then Darnell Nurse is in second. I found it interesting. Matthew Kachuk is tied for third with Jason Robertson. This guy had 100 points last year. I think that might be a I really don't like Matthew Kachuk uh, (laughs) type answer as well. Obviously, he's not not on a friendship tour around the National Hockey League. Who's the player in the league whose face you want to punch the most? Uh, pretty unanimous. Nick Cousins, 29%. Uh, only only player above other at 16%. So uh, that one's a little bit funny there. And um, the ref ones are kind of fun too because you really get a sense of how people feel about certain referees. Now, um, the worst ref in the league was Justin St. Pierre, 29%. But funny enough, He's actually ranked as the third best ref as well. So I guess it's to each their own, hey? Yeah, yeah. Always, you know, I guess some people have better interactions with St. Pierre than others. Let's put it that way. So best jersey in the National Hockey League, aside from your own teams, who do you think won that poll? You know, every year it's Chicago. Chicago, And the original six teams tend to dominate this category. The original six teams are the top six teams. There you go. And you know who's seventh? The newest team, the Seattle Kraken. Interesting. Wow. So it, it, whether it's older or, or new, it's got to be the oldest or the newest to make this list here. I uh, found that pretty interesting as well. Now, let's turn our attention. There's some more information in there. There's great, great stuff. Highly recommend everybody checking that out. But Scott Wheeler every year, and Scott Wheeler's going to join Locked On Senators this Friday to discuss. But every year he does his prospect pools and he's very open and honest that he takes into account the upside of these players. It's not about who's going to have the most NHLers in their prospect pool. It's about who's going to have the most high-end talent injected into their lineup over the next couple of years. He does a countdown one team per day over the course of 32 days and they are very detailed 
prospect reports. Really good work, worth the price, and it's great to follow the league three years from now. You'd be like, oh, I remember reading about that player there. Yeah. Um, you know what's not fun, though, Gil, is when your team's one of the first to be discussed, and our teams are the first two. The Islanders have the 32nd-ranked prospect pool in the league, according to Scott Wheeler, and the Ottawa Senators are 31st, which I think is even more, not disrespectful, but it sucks more because at least the Islanders have made the playoffs the last few years. Yeah, we have. Although the way this organization is set up, you know, Lou Lamorello has traded away the last four first round picks for the Islanders. And it wouldn't surprise me if he goes for five in a row this year at the trade deadline, if they're still close. And, you know, I can understand trading away four consecutive first round picks if your team is one or two players away from being a really top cup contender. But he's traded away four straight first-round picks to kind of barely squeak into the playoffs. And the result is you've got a very, very sparse prospect pool. In fact, uh, Hadi Kalakesh of uh, Locked On NHL Prospects, when he did a guest spot on Locked On Islanders, he described the Islanders' prospect pool as more of a puddle. So uh, it, it, it's it's not great. And look, it's not that the trades for these first round picks have been bad deals. You got Bo Horvat, you got Alexander Romanoff, you got JG Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, players who have definitely contributed. But for the long-term health of the franchise, you got a lot of no trade clauses, a lot of questionable contracts for too many years and too much money, and you don't have the prospects to replace these guys. Yeah, for Ottawa, they traded away their last two first-round picks for Alex Debrinkit and Jacob Chikrin. The Debrinkit one didn't work out. Now, they got a first-round pick back. However, it's the Boston Bruins' first-round pick, so they traded away seventh overall, and it looks like they're going to get a late 20s pick back. So that was just very poor asset management with Chikrin. I think he's a good player. We'll see. The jury's still out. They gave up 12th overall for him. They didn't draft in the first three rounds in the last draft. So it kind of makes sense that you're going to have a bit of problem. And a uh, new regime in Ottawa, new general manager, new president of hockey operations, a whole new management structure, new ownership. So I'm curious to see because they used to just they used to just draft for character and grit and character. Skill was like the fourth or fifth thing that they actually cared about outside of the top five. But the way I kind of poised or pushed back on the panic is that the senators four of their best players at the nhl level are all still meeting the criteria for prospects tim stutzla jake sanderson shane pinto and ridley Gregg. so there's still uh there's still a bright future in my opinion in ottawa but the prospect pool certainly leaves a lot to be desired i want everyone to write in the comments who's the best prospect pool in the national hockey league we'll revisit scott wheeler's list as it becomes available as well Gil, you got any final thoughts? Appreciate you joining me as my typical co-host, Mikey DiStefano, is uh, feet up on a cruise right now. This guy, you can't keep him off the boats, but uh, always great to chat with you. What's coming up this Friday on Locked on NHL? I uh, uh, don't know exactly what uh, Rachel and I will be discussing, but I'm sure it'll involve a lot of stuff about the All-Star weekend. And uh, by Friday, we will know the teams. So we'll certainly be breaking that down and looking forward to uh, what should be a fun weekend. I want everyone to comment as well. Who's going to be the last pick? Forget who's going to be the first pick, Gil. Who's going to be the last pick 
I could see, I could see, well, no, cause not, it's not all Leafs. I was going to say that they could leave either Brady Kachuk or, um, or the Habs representative in last, you know, just to stick it to them in a rivalry situation. Um, I don't want to be rude, but I'll say maybe Boone Jenner goes last overall. He's like a big body power forward. I don't know if his game really matches up with the three on three all-star. Same with Tom Wilson with Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Although here's the, uh, the real question. How much will being picked last motivate that player for the all-star game? That's my question. Well, maybe you'll have an answer for us on Friday, Locked On NHL. We are your team every day. That's Gil Martin. You can find him over at Locked On New York Islanders. I'm Ross Levitan over at Locked On Senators. And this has been another Eastern Conference recap edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day.